Welcome to today's discussion, Federal Identity Governance, sponsored by CJN and RSA. Now, here's your host, John Gilroy. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Peter Tran, General Manager and Senior Director, Worldwide Advanced Cyber Defense Practice at RSA. How are you, Peter? Doing great. Can't be better. Today, when I read that title, you must be on a plane all the time answering questions all over the world for cybersecurity, huh? You know what? I probably should have a just a dedicated seat for me on, on <laughs> or a, dedicated on plane. <laughs> or you know what? We were just talking about Tran Air. You know, whatever yeah. happened to Tran Air? <laughs> well, we're right in the middle of Washington D.C. here, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the federal government. You know, the federal government traditionally relies on CAC, PIV, and username and password for identification. This is a system designed for yesterday's threat. There are some areas not served by CAC or PIV. What may they be? What? You know what? Uh, John, that CAC, PIV, username, password, and I mean this in the best possible way. That was like so 1990, <laughs> right? That was just so 1990. And CAC, PIV had, have their current purpose as far as um, personal you know, identity verification, if you, if you want to embed them uh, and have a very kind of single thread, single use uh, for identity uh, management, uh, particularly on authentication world too. But I break it down like this. It's... It's the AAA, you know, not AAA baseball, but AAA is in authentication, authorization, and access control when we're discussing uh, identity governance in general. Because you have, you're dealing with data, you're dealing with access controls to data, and then you're dealing with authentication. You know, do you let somebody in? Do you not? Um, are those people still around? Should they be let in based on authorization levels and then access control levels? So... It's a, uh, the answer really to that, it, it all depends, right? We're, we're lacking a lot of cohesion in our identity governance and life cycle and where we're going to with respect to the federal government IT infrastructure. And when I hear uh, CAC and PIV, I think of desktop computers too. And we've moved so far away from desktops, it's almost not even in the conversation anymore, is it? It's um, completely still um, a world where we are moving to our device to just present the data to us. And having a card and a reader and tethered to it, um, it's, it's, it presents a different type of attack landscape for uh, our existing. And I characterize this as security arrested decay. And I have used that term a couple of times, but it describes this ability of an old infrastructure to sustain itself but become quickly irrelevant and start to chip away. And you can look at it, you can put it in a corner, you can you can pr- try to preserve it, but we're we're transitioning, we're transforming the federal uh, IT infrastructure backbone. Not not just not just um, CONUS or continental United States, North America, but you know the federal government is a global uh, infrastructure, and we have um, DoD. Uh, employees and and uh, and workforces overseas. We have four deployed uh, bases. We have retirees. We have it. It just is a spider web. It's more than just hub and spoke. I mean, it's it's a it's a bigger challenge than we can possibly imagine now. So, Peter, let's take uh, one of these A's, and the A I want to talk about is authentication. And so, if you look at a, a desktop-based system and a server down the hall, now we have some kind of device accessing a cloud. So, uh, tell me about authentication and cloud-based systems. Authentication in cloud-based system, even hybrid cloud-based systems, it isn't as binary as what you've described, where you have a traditional authentication environment where you would have a credential and they would say yes or no, am I in or am I out? Um, there's dependencies and 
and cohesion dependencies in a cloud environment. When you're in virtualized software-defined environments, your authentications can sit anywhere. So you have a dependency for the data to then talk to another asset that's also virtualized to say, now you tell me if that credential is valid or invalid, then go talk to another asset to then perform if there's uh, encryption or key exchanges or anything. So you have, um, you've introduced three or four more elements in cloud-based authentication environments, or even better yet, cloud-based identity management environments, because it isn't you're just have a physical asset you're you're um, you're trying to authenticate to. You're also also seeking authorization and access controls across data. Uh, containers that could be sitting anywhere. Yeah. Here we are in Washington, D.C. we got to talk about social media. I mean, it's all over the news. And what about social media accounts? You know, um, for example, the U.S. Central Command's Twitter account was hacked last January. You know that. And uh, these these traditional ways of uh, authenticating don't work for social media. So what kind of challenges are the federal government have in this area? Social media presents two distinct uh, arms here. One is a strict policy arm. Um, that says acceptable use um, is a blessing and a curse. Social media is the new digitized mindshare uh, everywhere. And you lo- look in the current administration, it's people are holding their breath, right? What's next going to be out there on social media? But at the same time, it is not the system owned by the federal government. Any of them, not just Twitter, right. Snapchat, LinkedIn, you name it. Um, it, it, is, it is a non federal government system. So having the burden to uh, have a identity, a federated identity management infrastructure for your social media account is a massive uh, undertaking to even try to strike agreements. I mean, you can have federated agreements, you can have um, you can have that uh, shared level, um, but it's not true uh, identity governance uh, and, and held uh, and holding the risk to do that. Now, this incident I referred to didn't reveal any secret documents. In fact, the documents that were revealed were publicly available documents, but it gave the impression of bad news, you know. And so even if you try to manage it correctly, just the impression of uh, bad can impact a whole lot of areas of the government, can't it? Well, the optics are uh, oftentimes more powerful than the reality. So with social in particular, when we are talking about identity governance, there are three areas that we work through. There's the application itself. You can put social media in the application itself. Then you have what's called lifecycle. Um, so with lifecycle, that's where you're managing through any third-party, uh, third-party trusted partner connections, partners, users, assets. And then you have the governance side of it. Who ultimately is in charge of setting those controls, setting the thresholds, setting the governance, provisioning, deprovisioning, and allowing appropriate authentication, authorization, access control, and identity. My guest today is Peter Tran, General Manager and Senior Director, Worldwide Advanced Cyber Defense Practice, RSA. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Federal Identity Governance, sponsored by RSA on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. This message is provided by Bill Kurtz, Vice President, RSA Federal Sales. Federal agencies face significant resource constraints in staffing cyber analyst roles. A recent study showed that the majority of the time federal cybersecurity teams do have is spent chasing false alarms. With RSA, you can see everything that's going on inside your network, know what's important, what isn't, and target the real threat your adversaries pose. 
To learn more, visit rsafederal.com. Welcome back to the panel discussion, Federal Identity Governance, sponsored by RSA on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Peter Tran, General Manager and Senior Director, Worldwide Advanced Cyber Defense Practice at RSA. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. We've been talking about federal identity governance and, you know, the federal government's in all kinds of different geographic locations and some are kind of dangerous locations. For example, uh, there's these things called ad hoc networks. This is normally in a forward position, forward environment. And you may have people in these environments where there's DOD personnel, NGOs, intelligence people, civilians, and even contractors have to work with a wide variety of tools, but they need high security as well. This is is a major problem, isn't it, Peter? Oh, it's big. It's big. And this is all driven by what's called net centricity or net centric war fighter, support to the war fighter through net centric technology. And the number one attack surface or the number one security concern would be escalation of privilege and rogue access points and rogue points of presence in the field. That's it's like taking a piece of Swiss cheese. You look, you, you look, hold it up and you, you can see the holes, but sometimes there's minute holes. And you can't wait three hours for an answer. They have to have that identity confirmed immediately, don't they? So that's a time constraint there too. Absolutely. And the data that the warfighter needs, or even the support elements in forward operating environments, um, they need it in real time. Yes. If they don't have it in real time, lives are at stake. A legit even from a logistic standpoint, you, you you don't get you don't get supplies downrange quick enough because you're missing the data. Those are real problems. Real problems. Yeah, no doubt about that. When you think of geography, there's all kinds of unique problems with identity management, but also with technology. You know, um, uh, if you look at mobile phones and, and switch, and there's so many different devices out there now. In fact, there's devices with IP addresses and there's Internet of Things. I mean, uh, the whole idea of desktop environment, I'm sure these people on the front lines, they don't have desktops. They may have, uh, one person may have some kind of a tablet device. Another person may have a phone or some kind of other device that has sensors in it. That, you know, instead of geographic considerations, technical considerations are apparent as well. Well, you know, at, well, what I do for a living and in, 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 in at RSA with Federated identities, if you think about the sheer scale of it, um, there's, you just mentioned IoT, but mobile in particular, that generates over 270 times more data than a conventional computing environment. So in the federal system, particularly overseas, uh, and you have multiple, multiple scaling of devices across 7.5 billion cell phones just in the world itself, there's 270 times more data, John. I mean, and then trying to manage life cycle and governance of identity through that much. And even the provisioning, deep review, who gets access to what data, asset data classification, risk registry, does it present in a, a challenge or a compromise to national security if certain data containers don't have the right uh, identity management and access controls and authorization to it? Um, that... We're, we've been staring at that for quite some time now. And I think the, the technical solution is one thing, but knowing the mission context and the business context of where those elements are, particularly um, when you talk about a diversified environment like Ford Deployed or other, even the, even, even the former federal retirement population that still has access to resources is a big consideration. Yeah, that's why when you look at uh, 
CAC and PIV cards and traditional identification systems, how does that apply to systems that never even dreamed of when the CAC and PIV system was designed? What about this Internet of Things? People talk about 20 billion new devices by 2020. I mean, I, I can't comprehend that. Well, I think there's, I think as we are speaking right now, we've reached 20, 20 billion. I think that already, the, already. So try this. Let's see. 10 seconds just went by. By 2020, and there's different, I think we're going to exceed 50 billion devices. So you look at um, the latest uh, botnet, the Mirai botnet that hit, there was a major DDoS attack that took, took out the, the, uh, one of the internet uh, hubs, uh, routing hubs. That was targeted at IoT. Imagine if that was turned and, and uh, directed at federal government uh, assets. I mean, that data disruption there, we can't afford that, let alone all the different identities that need to be managed through that. Federal government, we know, has got geographic challenges. We've talked about that. Technical challenges, we've talked about that with different devices. But what about these things called human beings? I mean, <laughs> this could be the biggest problem of all. And, and all you have to do is go to Google and type in reality winner, and you understand some of the challenges people have in the uh, whole area of identity management. Oh, wow. You know what? That is way beyond the excuse of, hey, that was user <laughs> error. That, that, that certainly was not user error. Like, eh, that's not the gong show here where you can have that kind of alibi. So when you, when you have an identity infrastructure that's not federated properly, not managed for the entire lifecycle and governed, provision, deprovision, third-party risk, the number, it will make reality winners look like, you know, she just hacked my great grandmother's Instagram account, you know, and she doesn't even have one. Right. I mean, it, 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 that pales. I mean, you start to see incidents like that happen more and more and more often. So that to me is a warning shot that should be heard around the world in that particular case. And so uh, what listeners should do is realize these threats are there and try to come up with something that addresses the threats for today and probably for tomorrow as well with someone like reality winner. Well, you, if you apply uh, elements of machine learning and analytics around your identity, your your identity infrastructure, so that you have the appropriate lifecycle, and I can't I can't hammer this home enough, right? And the appropriate governance, so that your identity travels with you and it's governed properly all through your your working environment, mobile, uh, overseas, for deployed. You have to have a form of continuous monitoring and detection with the appropriate type of machine learning and analytics. And it, it boils down to an old uh, phrase that's used to be used in finance area, but now it's used everywhere. It's called risk management. And so what kind of system can you deploy and implement that'll be responsible for risk management of the humans and the geography and the devices? It gets complicated. It, it's extremely complicated. So when you start to automate your, your policy, your compliance, together with your operational elements, when you deploy an identity management system appropriately through, through the entire life cycle, and then you deploy your... Uh, governance risk compliance technology, and you appropriately integrate them. So you have EGRC, you have identity management access, uh, and then you have your uh, more advanced analytics, early early monitoring, early detection. That together will get you to that right place. We'll have to uh, take a little break here. My guest today is Peter Tran, General Manager and Senior Director, Worldwide Advanced Cyber Defense Practice, RSA. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Federal Identity Governance, sponsored by RSA on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. This message is provided by Bill Kurtz, Vice President, RSA Federal Sales. Federal agencies face significant resource constraints in staffing cyber analyst roles. 
A recent study showed that the majority of the time federal cybersecurity teams do have is spent chasing false alarms. With RSA, you can see everything that's going on inside your network, know what's important, what isn't, and target the real threat your adversaries pose. To learn more, visit rsafederal.com. Welcome back to the panel discussion, Federal Identity Governance. Sponsored by RSA on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Peter Tran, General Manager and Senior Director, Worldwide Advanced Cyber Defense Practice at RSA. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. Well, here we are in Washington, D.C. What happens in the White House is big news everywhere, and everyone's talking about a new executive order. And it's changed the landscape for federal information professionals. It includes an assessment of cyber risks at every agency. Today, agencies must thoroughly understand options they have for risk assessment. We're in it. We're in it into that 90-day clock, right, John? I mean, every to have that material gap assessment for every single agency for readiness, tall order, super tall order. But I'm, I'm going to be bullish on this one um, because I think the new executive order has teeth to it. Um, because it's it's calling for one of the most important elements is uh, IT transformation modernization. And that's going to be the anchor that's going to take us into the use of technologies like uh, appropriate identity, lifecycle, and governance, early detection and monitoring, and continuous monitoring for that matter. Um, it We started with last administration, but this this has a clock to it, and this has accountability to it. And I think that we're going to... Uh, we're going to see a lot of movements in this first uh, first 90 days as far as um, an execution plan to do that. So I'm hoping for the best here. Yeah, you have to start somewhere, and this includes a thorough assessment of where you're at right now. And there are agencies, I would imagine, that may not even have a handle on where all their servers are, <laughs> never never mind all their IoT devices and smartphones and tablets. It's just a challenge itself, just assessing what you have. Well, kind of not to play on words, but it makes you kind of want to cry. So when you had that, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's too I good. beat you to that, John, because it you know, that was that was a clear wake up call because undiscovered, undiscovered devices across any network, let alone the federal government, is where something like that is. It's like it's like playland be able to hit those, hit a large network of undiscovered, unpatched, just aged, right? Aged infrastructure just sitting there, just lights blinking and connected. To tell you the truth, Peter, I did cry when I read the biography of Edward Snowden by this guy named Epstein. I read this thing and, and I was just shocked at what he did and what he got away with. He makes you know, reality winner looks like a little Girl Scout compared to what he did. And um, we have to worry about uh, identity management with contractors as well, not just federal employees. Oh, yeah. When you talk about moving systems to the cloud, uh, the AAA that we talked about and identity lifestyle becomes more more complex. So in a Snowden case or any similar case where you have a third party that has rights into classified networks or otherwise unclassified classified or just sensitive data, let alone anything else, um, Having one slight miss in authorization, access control, and an effective identity provisioning, that's what you're going to get. And so you're, it's going to be low and slow, we call it. Low under the radar. You wouldn't even notice it until, bam, you know, we, we have a, a notable case like Snowden. And it's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, that, that just hit massive mindshare because of that one instance. We haven't even 
discovered yet, I suspect, the other cases that might be outliers, right? And that's where identity lifecycle and government starts to look at outliers and third-party risk. And one concern was apparent by reading the book when it comes to federal identity governance was this was an individual who was working for a company and he had uh, some uh, classifications that were very desirable. He could quit and get hired by another company in a matter of days and go into a different organization and retain some of those credentials he had. It, this, this is a whole new world for uh, federal identity, isn't it? Or, or better yet, you can go from one company to the next company in the same job and have the same privileges and have no need to know necessarily, but you retain it because it hasn't gone through the life cycle of deprovisioning based on governance standards. Back to the life cycle argument here, isn't it? I yep. mean, there's a life cycle to everything. There's a life cycle to APIs. There's a life cycle to software and a life cycle to federal identity management as well. There must be. A hundred percent. And it isn't rocket science to actually think about how to actually do it. Um, the way it's done now is very, very much in isolation. So there's one core area that says, let's just look at access privilege. Then there's another query. Let's just look at uh, access control. And there's another area of authentication and nobody, they don't talk. So the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing or the left foot and the right foot. And, and it, it starts to kind of feed upon itself. So it's effective federation and a unified platform. Speaking of platforms, uh, we had a gentleman by the name of Tony Scott who was uh, pounding on the table and forcing people to move to the cloud. And this is an environment we have now. We mentioned cloud and authentication earlier. But um, uh, this whole idea of moving to the cloud is going to challenge people, especially in an environment where you have different contractors and different players that are moving all the time. Well, cloud can be a very beautiful thing. And, and Tony Scott, he came from that world, right? He was hoping, he was hoping to, and, and, he, and he brought some of that with him into that. But the clear challenge in cloud is... When you migrate to the cloud, you have to think about your security as it's going into the cloud before it does. So appropriate independent validation and verification of your concepts of operations when you're going to migrate large networks in the cloud and whether you're going to use a hybrid cloud environment or completely private. But security, so we want to have cost savings and we have capacity and scale. But what about security? Security becomes the outlier. And that's the danger. So when security becomes an outlier, everything else under the tenets of security, like identity, becomes a, a, a far-removed outlier from there. Back when you were in college, there was a rock band called Rush, <laughs> and people are trying to rush to the cloud, yeah. but they should be very careful and, and consider federal identity governments before they make this big move to the cloud, shouldn't they? Well, I wanted to be the bass player for Rush, <laughs> so the, and the and the bass player was steady, right? So what I'm saying is, when you make that decision to go to the cloud, be the bass player, take it steady, and make sure that identity, infrastructure, and security is built into that decision. A rock and roll star. That's just what RSA needs, huh? That's exactly <laughs> it. I'd like to thank our guest today, Peter Tran, General Manager and Senior Director, Worldwide Advanced Cyber Defense Practice at RSA. I'm John Gilroy, Federal News Radio 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search Federal Identity Governance. Listen to the entire discussion, Federal Identity Governance, sponsored by CGEN and RSA at federalnewsradio.com. This message is provided by Bill Kurtz, Vice President, RSA Federal Sales. Federal agencies face significant resource constraints in staffing cyber analyst roles. A recent study showed that the majority of the time federal cybersecurity teams do have is spent chasing false alarms. With RSA, you can see everything that's going on inside your network, know what's important, 
what isn't, and target the real threats your adversaries pose. To learn more, visit rsafederal.com.